Well, thank you guys. Thanks for joining another Direct Connect with Archer. Uh, Brent Castaneda and Steve Parker, managing partners here with Archer. Mark Bromstead, uh, senior vice president, client relationship here at Archer. Welcome everyone. Today, we're going to chat a little bit about security awareness. Um, programs, what makes a good program, what maybe doesn't make a good program, um, how to improve upon it, all kinds of fun stuff. So maybe a good way to start and maybe just some general conversation, Brent and, and Steve. Um, you guys have had the opportunity to, in some cases, run programs, uh, develop them. Uh, you've got to witness many programs from uh, from our uh, from clients that you've engaged with over the years. What are some attributes of a great program, or even just a good program? Yeah, as uh, just wait a second. No, it looks like. Um... Package delivery failure. Hold on a second. I got to update my credit card to get this package delivered. I'm, I'm expecting a check from Nigeria, so I want to make sure it comes through here. No, just just kidding. <laughs> this, gives, this gives Mark some uh, some uh, editing time. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, you know, aware, awareness can be can be challenging because it's uh, you know you're dealing with with folks that aren't necessarily technical. You're dealing with folks that don't necessarily care about cybersecurity, or they think it's somebody else's job or something. Um, I think it's gotten a little bit easier recently because it's in the news, right? Everyone hears about things in the news. They are aware of cybersecurity. You know, 10 years ago, if I, if I told people what I did, it was like, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, they didn't really get it. And now, now they kind of sort of do. So, you know, making it, making it, I think, relevant to people. You know, everyone has gotten the text, right? They've gotten the Nigerian email. They've gotten the text from somebody saying, hey, your, you know, your package wasn't delivered. So they, so they get that. Um, but just keeping it real and, and relevant in ways that they can re relate to, I think is important. Yeah, I'll add on to that, you know, making it relevant. I think that's really the key for your folks, um, making sure you're providing fresh material, fresh insight uh, each and every time, whether you're providing the awareness training on, a, on an annual basis, on a quarterly or monthly basis, it really doesn't matter. It really boils down to whoever's delivering that program um, to the target audience to making sure that it's hitting the mark. Um, you got to hit the mark with your people so that they're aware of the things that are that are uh, that are coming out, the threats that that exist in the current construct. You know, Steve mentioned the text that that he's seen coming into his phone. I don't know how many you know, smishing uh, uh, texts I'm getting on a on a almost daily basis now. Um, you know, those those can be those can be tricky. And so helping your people understand and recognize the threats uh, that are out there and the vulnerabilities that exist on their systems, um, I think is really, really key. That, that's, I, you know, I couldn't agree more on, on that. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think, Steve, you had said it. I think folks are more in tune with it now because it's in the news on a regular basis. I, I mean, I don't think you can watch any news cycle these days, uh, or at least every other day, and not see something to, to that degree. Um, maybe another way to ask the question uh, as well on the reverse side, what are some attributes of some uh, some very poorly implemented or created programs that you've seen out there um, from from you know either companies you've worked at or or clients you've visited? yeah, i'll I'll, I'll start with that one. You know when when we you know as as consultants we're supporting clients every single day and and going in, year after year and, and supporting these clients and seeing the same messaging from a security awareness perspective, you know, whether it's don't tailgate, 
um, uh, you know, be aware of, of phishing campaigns that are coming out. It's the same information. It's not fresh. It's not, it's not uh, relevant with the times. You know, they're not making their people aware of the potential threat that exists to them. You know, we've opened up a Pandora's box with the Internet of Things, right? And, and so people think, oh, I can just walk in with my cell phone. But I look at it, um, you know, if, if we're not aware of the vulnerabilities that are out there, the threats that exist, and helping our people recognize those, you know, you're you're, you're going to have a, a program that falls down. You're you're not going to be, uh, you're not going to be providing that relevant detail that they need to to be successful and avoid, um, you know, the the real traps that are out there. Yeah, I'll jump on you know a second what you said about being fresh and relevant. Uh, I'll give a real world example. I did a mock audit for an entity not too long ago, and I was reviewing the security awareness materials, and they were using posters. Uh, which were pretty well done, but the copyright date on the poster was about 15 years uh, in the past. So clearly they had been uh, likely using these for quite some time. So keeping it, keeping it fresh and like I say, the generic, you know, the generic type things are good, but if you can update it with, with fresh content, you know, we, we all understand the Nigerian email scam, but they keep varying that and trying to come in new ways to, to catch people. So if you keep that up to date and say, hey, here's, here's what they're doing this month, here's what they're doing, you know, new and interesting, you might have seen this. Uh, so to keep people thinking, keep it top of mind in a way that's that's fresh and relevant and um, useful, to be, to be honest. I, I saw one, uh, a, a threat that was realized by someone uh, on LinkedIn the other day. Uh, they had actually mailed a package with that looked like Microsoft Office uh, uh, 2022, a new office set up for someone. They'd mailed it to his house with a USB thumb drive that that person could then stick in their computer and they were owned, right, at that point. And so they're getting more creative. They're figuring out ways. I don't know how expensive that would be to put that packaging together and make it look real or legit, uh, but uh, that was one uh, avenue that they're still using these basic concepts that, that have been around for 15, 20 years or longer um, but they're repackaging, repurposing, and, and um, impacting folks that aren't really aware of it. Yeah, kind of the that's probably a better you know a better one. A lot of the, the ones we get are pretty easy to spot and not not all that well done. But um, you know, in terms of receiving things in the mail, uh, personal stories. Several years back, um, my wife got hit. Um, we didn't fall for it, but she had actually gotten, uh, I believe, a text message that something was coming. She got a package in the mail. Um, and then she also got emails associated with it and we were able to link it back to, uh, uh, an organization she was, uh, she was participating with. Apparently the customer participant information was compromised and they had used that to do a very carefully crafted clone and then use the contact information to basically prep the victims in a multi-stage con game. You know, we, we picked it out, but it, it you know, it's very easy to fall for that. They're relying on... You know, if you think that it's only going to come via text message or email, you wouldn't think that, oh, it's a phone call, right? Or you wouldn't think that it's going to come in the mail, but that could happen. So you have to be very, very diligent. And unfortunately, you have to just don't trust anything. Be, be you know, maybe, or maybe trust, but verify. Be very, very careful. Great insight. You know, in our, in our um, business, we get the opportunity to work with clients on a couple of fronts, some just security, uh, security engagements and others. Uh, that are rooted in compliance and in the electric utility sector that's NERC-SIP compliance. Do you think that compliance requirements have moved the needle on security awareness programs? I would say no, uh, to be honest with you. I think what's moved the needle on security programs is actual attacks. 
Um, the SIP standards in particular are very, very weak when it comes to security awareness. Uh, you require to broadcast a message. You don't have to show that it was received. There's no metrics. There's no measurement for effectiveness. Uh, again, you can use that 15-year-old poster that says don't allow tailgating, rotate them every quarter, and, and, and you're done. So I wouldn't give much credit to uh, the, the compliance efforts. I just think, you know, phishing attacks have been happening and organizations have been, in, have been getting compromised via that. Now they do the anti-phishing campaign. So it's mm -hmm. more of a reaction to successful attacks, I think, from what I've seen versus actual compliance requirements. Yeah, I would, I would second that. I, I totally agree. You know, the, the compliance drivers are one area, but they're not driving the, the overall behavior from a regulated entity perspective. I, I think the fear of uh, you know, being that on the front page, making headline news is more, more involved with driving the behavior from a, a you know, programmatic perspective. Now, there's lots of uh, avenues um, companies go down. Do you think folks should build their own program or buy an off-the-shelf solution? It's probably a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Uh, like most programs, uh, whether it's a security program, security awareness, or whatnot, the programmatic elements are probably going to be custom designed in-house. In but for certain pieces of that, you'll buy a product, right? You might buy a, uh, a phishing awareness platform. Uh, you might buy videos or you might buy posters. But the actual program that ties it all together is probably developed in-house and probably customized for the organization. Yeah, I agree, and it depends on the uh, the uh, the entity and the level of sophistication and what you have in house to leverage, right? If you've got you know good skilled people that can help build out, as Steve mentioned, to take what you can buy off the shelf and then customize or configure it based on your needs, I think that's the optimal solution is to really um, you know customize it to your you know your internal folks, uh, your programs, uh, your processes, and then. That gives you more, I think, bang for your buck. You know, definitely leverage uh, the, the off-the-shelf tools, recognizing that you're going to want some customization, configurable configuration to, to ensure that it, it's meeting the mark from your perspective. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen clients who uh, have so gone down the path of solely doing their own thing, right? Nothing off the shelf, and they they end up repurposing the same PowerPoint year after year. Maybe change the names, change the locations a little bit. Um, but it's it's not new and fresh. Conversely, I see folks that uh, go buy something off the shelf, um, quasi-implement it, like many uh, applications these days. People go out and buy it with the best of intentions. They they quasi-implement it and say, "Yep, we're 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 doing it now. We've got a great program. We've got a great solution." But they haven't uh, strategically made it part of their overall program. They've made it their program, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's the big challenge. Yeah, if there's no well. customization or you don't configure it to to meet your needs, then it just becomes shelfware at some point, right? You're just mm -hmm. you're 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 uh, revolving that that same information, um, re repurposing it, reframing it up, and you're not moving the needle as you mentioned earlier, uh, as far as driving the right behaviors ultimately from a awareness perspective. Let's talk about that, um, moving the needle and driving the behaviors. How do you measure success? How do you measure that you're moving that needle in, in with these programs? Yeah, a, a lot of these tools have built-in uh, metrics that you can leverage from a, a, a measuring perspective. I think a true uh, security awareness program has that capability in it, right, built into the program. How do we measure success? Um, you know, things like... Uh, 
you know, uh, the, the evaluations or the tests or uh, when you do a phishing campaign and you, and you throw that out there and, and your, your click rate is a, at a certain level, you want that to come down, right? You'd expect that to come down month over month, year over year, quarter over quarter to ensure that the message is, is A, being received and not only being received, but those that, that, uh, that do click on things that uh, do have a tendency to, to not look very carefully, you don't want to see them show up in six months or a year after that, right? That's how I think one, one way to measure success is to say, has my click rate decreased over time? Um, and again, I, I think that might be a, a simple way to measure it, um, but it's, it's an easy and effective one to catch, to glob onto and say, hey, we're going to do better. or We are doing better uh, month over month, year over year, based on the data that we're seeing. I've also seen where companies have put it in their um, organizational success criteria. So their reviews on an annual quarterly basis um, at a manager level, frontline manager level, have included these. So it's not a hard number per se. Some of it's anecdotal, but the conversations are continuing to be part of the broader organization, not just the training exercise that was uh, put out there, the phishing exercise that was done, and just those numbers as well. You know, I've, I've even seen you know uh, uh, companies do the the wall of shame, right? If you if you are uh, in one of those select groups that has to take remedial training as a result of clicking on a, a phishing campaign or an email, um, you know they, they demonstrate that they show you know they share those from a manager's perspective or executive leadership perspective. They say, hey, here are the folks in IT, here are the folks in OT, here are the folks in compliance that clicked on these messages. Why are we getting such a high click rate? And that can be a driver for for uh, for human beings. Again, we're going to often take the path of least resistance, and so you're not going to be careful. You're not going to to um, clearly look at those emails to decipher whether there's a a threat there. Um, so just having that awareness and, and raising that up, it's a double edged sword. Obviously, you don't want to you know punish people, but at the same time, uh, elevating that and, and making sure that executive leadership and senior management uh, recognizes who's being who's who's falling victim to these, um, these phishing campaigns, I think is important. Yeah. You, you do want to be careful again, not to punish folks and recognize that they're, you know, we're humans and we make mistakes. And, um, I can tell you, I think I'm pretty good at, uh, not clicking on things, but there's been times if you catch just the right message at just the right time in context, um, you know, I think any, anybody can get caught at some point in time. So you're really looking for, for trends, right? You're not looking for just, you know, the one time somebody made a mistake, but you're looking for trends. Is it a recurring uh, occurrence? Is it, is it a habit? Um, but the measurement is important. You know, there's the old adage, what gets measured gets done. If people know that they're going to be held accountable, they're going to be, it's going to be more top of mind. They'll be a little bit more careful or, or at least more aware of, of what's going on. So it's very important to have some sort of measurement metric uh, in some way, shape, or form. Very good. Maybe my last question uh, for you all is, how do you drive improvements? How do you, what do you do in an organization to make sure that this, it's not just a quarterly presentation or an annual training class? Where, where have you seen organizations be wildly successful in, in, in continually improving their program, not just implementing one, but continually improving it? I was, I was just out, you know, I'll, I'll give an example again, drawing from my, my personal experience and kind of not security related, but um, I got snagged by a, a speed camera 
uh, a couple months back, you know, driving. And it was an area I don't normally drive through. You know, uh, I won't say I wasn't paying attention, but I missed the missed the warning signs. And it's in the city of Portland, and they do this to create awareness. But they, they focus the cameras at the high crash corridors or high crash intersections. So they're looking where they have a problem, and then they're putting their focus on those areas and trying to drive the awareness and trying to change the behavior through measuring, monitoring, and, and, and enforcement. Um, and I did have to go take the remedial uh, traffic safety course, Brent. So to your point on remedial education, <laughs> uh, so you know it, it happens to it happens to everyone. But uh, maybe that's that's an analogy. Right? Focus your efforts on where you're having the issues. Right? Traditionally, it's been phishing, people clicking on an email. So we have the phishing awareness. So we need to pay attention to where the attackers are going next, right? Where the next problem is going to be and then shift your awareness efforts to attack that issue and and try to, you know, change behavior and improve your security. Yeah, I'd add on to that. I agree, Steve. I'd add on to that in this brave new post-COVID world, if we're there, uh, you know, you still have a lot of folks that are working remotely, right, that aren't in the office. And so the, the threats that I think are coming next, right, are more, more the, the, the phishing, the smishing, the spear phishing, all of those types of um, activities are going to be, are continuing to be, uh, I think, escalated. And, you know, to, to drive improvements there, it's a little bit different than, than we've looked at it in the past, because now you're reaching out to these, these folks who are remote and helping them make sure that the, the things that they're connecting into the network, into the, the, you know, to your company and your corporate environments are secure as well. You know, the BYODs, bring your own devices, is uh, heavily utilized now. And there's a lot of risk that comes uh, in conjunction with that. So helping people recognize early on that, hey, you can't just plug this in anymore. You can't just click on anything, that the, a link that comes in. Be aware of things that are coming to your phone, uh, from whether, for, whether it's a voice or a text or an email. Uh, having that level of awareness and helping people recognize that, it's not just the corporate machine that's being that's under attack. It's you personally and your devices that are under attack. I think that's where we, we get to improving the, the nature of our programs. We're supporting our folks that are remote. Wonderful. Well, Brent and Steve, the great great feedback, great insight. You know, I think uh, I think back to some of the other conversations we've had, even even in preparation for um, client appointments and meetings. It's you know, are you doing something? Are you are you have you developed this overall strategy um, and that are you aligning your organization and your actions to your strategy? Um, those are the types of uh, um, those types of things that will really help your organization move the needle and with direction and helps in your communication process as well. Um, in those organizations that have leadership involvement in these types of initiatives are tend to be more successful. Um, it, it, it's, it, is, it really is an all-in situation. It's not just the one person sitting in the IT department who got tagged with this. It's not just their responsibility. I think I'm, I'm always, I'm not surprised at this point, but uh, I was surprised early on with the number of executives that, that were hit uh, and that had to take that remedial training as a result of a, a you know, a, yeah. a phishing campaign or whatever. Um, you know, they're not, they're just as vulnerable as, as any of us, right? The day-to-day operators. So, um as Steve mentioned, recognizing where those those uh, weak points are, those pinch points, and then uh, addressing them. Uh, that's how, again, that, that you get that overall improvement in your program. Well, thank you, Brent. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for another uh, great direct connect with Archer. 
Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Thank Mark. you. Thank you, Mark. And I'm off to buy some uh, prepaid debit cards to renew my social security number. So good for you. With you later. Good for you. <laughs> Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Archer News Network. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, head on over to our website at archerint.com. That's archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, at Archer underscore INTL on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and check back every other week for brand new episodes.